Jared's video blog. I'm gonna come at you with all the cool tips and tricks on how to film yourself. Oh, Jared, 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 hey. Oh. Hey, it's your mother, me. Your mother, yes. Hi, my... mom. Hi, Jared. I just, I just, I just wanted, I heard you making your little vlog in here, and I just wanted to come in and say hi. It's not vlogging, it's blogging, okay? It switched back. It went from blogging to vlogging back to blogging again. Oh, what do I know? I'm just your mother. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just stay out of your way, and I'll, I'll clean up your room a little bit, and I'll just, uh... Take all these uh, uh, books and just pile them. Jared? Oh. Oh. What is this? Oh, that? I can't. You have an NFT in my house? Oh, no, Mom. It's not what you think. It's a great business opportunity. See, if you buy an NFT and you convince other people to buy it from you, then they'll buy it and then they'll have to sell it. Aren't these illegal? To more people. <laughs> You're just like your father, Elon Musk. But mom, it's a cat with macaroni on its head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they called him Macaroni. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the NFT review. Ah, oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Indie Film Review. The NFT review. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine? I bet there's some stupid fucking podcasts out there oh, doing that God. shit. Okay, so that's Dan. I'm Jared. We're here to review indie films. That's what the show is. Yes. Goodbye. We did it. All right, bye. So, Dan, what did we watch this week, and what is it about? We watched a German film, a German-language film called Your Color. Um, yeah. In Germany, it is called Dine Farbe, I think is how you pronounce it, or Deinfarbe. Deinfarbe. It's probably Dine Farba. Sounds good to me. They um, market it in English as your color, but uh, it is a film about a man, well, two men, two young men named Carl and Albert, and they are um, not disenfranchised. They are... They're young youths. They're young youths. They're, they're, they're... Who are finding their way in life. Yes, they are finding their way in life. They're making their way downtown. Walking fast. They're just finding their way in life. They, they realize that they live in just a small podunk town in Germany and they need to get out. So they set their sights on Barcelona. Barcelona. In Spain. And they um, try to make their lives there. And it's all about their coming of age, so to speak. They're becoming an adult. Like that one, you know, they one of them drops out of high school. The other one's just like, we need a fresh start. So they all go, or they both go to Barcelona and they... Um, try to make it on their own, in their own ways. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just figuring themselves out, like what they want to do, like what's important to them, you know, uh, how many women they can have sex with, you know, all mm, the good yes, stuff. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of a bromance, too. It's a super bromance. Oh, yeah. Bromance to a point where, like, almost you and me level bromance, where they get really close mm -hmm. to each other, and you think... Yeah, they do. <laughs> and they're, like, touching each other's knees. In the beginning of this film, I thought they were a gay I couple, thought and I thought that's too. what the movie was about. I <laughs> thought it was going to be about me them too. being in a podunk town, and people not, not liking black people or gay people. And it's it's kind of not liking black people, but it has nothing to do with the, the gay angle. That was just me inventing things in my head. Uh, but I, that got cleared up like within five minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, they're just really close friends. Yes. Really close. So anyways, <laughs> I want to read a quote 
So Ginger sent us this. I think she sent us another movie before, too. So thank you, Ginger. I appreciate you very much. She sent us some good movies. Uh, So a write-up that she sent me I would like to read. So beautifully shot in Berlin and Barcelona, as we said, your color is part road movie, part chilling commentary on contemporary digital life and challenges our perceptions of class, privilege, friendship, and self-importance. And I just feel like that's perfect because like, that is what this movie is. It, it covers a lot of things and I think it covers it very tactfully and very well. Yes, I will agree with that to a point. Can you elaborate without spoiling? Yes. I think the film is mistitled. Oh. Because the idea of color being stereotyped because of your color is present in the film, but I don't think it's relevant enough to be titled. That's the whole moniker of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like the main focus of yeah, the film. Yeah, I, I feel like. But it also could have been, that. Go ahead. I, I feel like it just could have been titled in a different way to cover a different thing, and then that would have made the narrative arc of him playing the race card, that would have made that feel more or less shoehorned in, I guess. Mm. To, to me personally, I, I just think that labeling it your color just made me want to see more of that or that's what it was all going to be about and that's not really what the film's about i mean it has its elements of it but on the whole no it's not all about that it's all about their coming of age and their relationship and their how it their lives become tumultuous but dan did this film feel good on the whole yes that's good yeah when you applied it yes preparation age (laughs) here's what i'll say I don't think the title is necessarily referring to somebody's race. Mm-hmm. I think it it has to do with the poem at the end of the the very very end. Oh uh, yeah, no. Within the totally credits, right. they talk about your color. F- don't let your color fade away. Don't like lose yourself. Well, then okay, it's, it's about like finding yourself. You're right. I completely forgot about that. But you are absolutely correct. That that is what the film has to do with. Your yes. your aura, your your being, your yeah. specific like don't dull your shine for anybody kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like playing the race card in the film detracted from the wholesome meaning behind what color is meaning to the film. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just because the current climate that I'm in in the United States that mm. you know everything is divided and you know race is still a huge issue here. I thought it added to the movie though. Because that is a big issue everywhere you go. And it it tackles it in a way to where like, yeah, he is being discriminated against in a lot of situations. But then there's other times where he's just not doing what he's like. He he doesn't want a real job. Like he doesn't want to do these things. He's giving these opportunities, these friends trying to help him. And he's, uh, what's it? Looking a gift horse in the mouth, I guess is the, 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 the phrasing. So it's like he's already down on his luck and then and, and still instead of helping himself whenever he finally does get a chance, he's not taking those chances. And yes, it is easier for his other friend. It's seemingly to him. So I, I feel like it is more. There's more to it than just there's a white kid and a black kid and the black kid's not getting the 
advantages that the the white kid's getting. I just to me, even though that happens in the film, yes, and to me, it just it felt like because there is that element of the narrative, the title immediately introduced a stigma to me that I couldn't yeah. ignore. So that's the only reason why I'm saying that I didn't necessarily like the type the the film. I I'll say it right now, I love the film. It was a yeah. wonderful drama, but just something about the title just didn't necessarily. I mean, it's just a fucking title. Why am I complaining about it? Like, well, it set up your expectations to think it the movie is going to be solely about race, and it yeah. was not. Especially because the first conflict is about race. Yes, it is certainly prevalent in the film. I actually, well, I like it how. It wasn't really the focus because I like I thought it was just gonna like hit me over the head with shit I already know. You know what I mean? Like preaching to the choir. I think this movie was very tactful no, in the it way was, it yeah. handled everything. Uh and it and it kind of shows you some of the ways that a young black kid growing up in a town where everybody's white, how that can affect them and how shitty that can be. And then it also tackles a bunch of other things in a young person's life that they're having to go through and deal with, like drugs and uh, partying and finding yourself and work. Which and, is the fulcrum of the film. Yes, yeah, and your friendship, your bro-ships. So, yeah, I thought they handled that really well. One thing I have to say is Maria Diane Ventura, who is the writer and director of this film, she did an amazing job. Mm -hmm. The the writing in this is good. The fucking camera work is fantastic. It went from like, oh, this is good camera work. It's really solid. And then we start doing some really crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, um, like, oh, not to spoil anything, but the dream sequences that are in this film, mm -hmm. really, really good. Yeah. I wonder how much the budget was for this film because it looks gorgeous. So you have three different distinct cameras that I remember seeing. So you have your typical camera that shoots the diegesis. And then you have the camera that's part of the diegesis because they are doing their own vlogs. So you get like, you know, the, the recording HUD on, on a lot of the shots, but then, then they get to Spain and um, you see them with a different style camera that doesn't have the HUD on it, but they're filming themselves and it's like an old nineties camcorder. And it, it, like, uh -huh. I wanted more of that camera during their time, whenever they were just finding out Barcelona. It's so amazing. It It's really superb how the director can switch between all these different types of cameras. And it's all intentionally done to help tell the story yeah. because whenever the camera quality gets bad, it's because you're seeing what the friends are filming through their camera. But then the camera angles change and then we're look mm -hmm. like at first I was like, oh, no, is this going to be like, you know, like shot on your phone vlogging the whole movie? I was like, please don't be that. And then it's not. It's not. And I love how where where the shitty camera is, it's just one camera angle. And then we'll cut to another angle of like the good cameras filming them while the bad camera is in the shot. It reminded me a lot. Oh, it's what, great. Those areas, it reminded me a lot of um, the Dogma 95 movement. And um, the, the, I don't know, I feel like it was personally influenced by that, but I could be wrong. It just, it, 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 you're right, it worked. It was very tastefully cinematographed. Cinematograph. Cinemagraft. Oh, speaking of big words, Dan, what is diathesis? Diegesis. Well, yeah, what is diegesis <laughs> other than some Greek god you just made up? <laughs> well, it is a Greek word. 
Um, it, it, diegesis is um, everything that pertains to the story world. So everything uh, that's in the narrative, everything that the characters can interact with, that's the diegesis. If something is a non-diegetic element, like a score that the characters can't hear, that would be non-diegetic. It doesn't belong to the story world. Um, I'm non-diegetic because I haven't had a piece of celery in like 10 years. <laughs> Ooh, nailed it. Nailed no it. No diets for old Journey Bird. Okay, so... <laughs> um. Were these questions? I don't know, Dan, do you have a I question? I don't think they were questions. Let's try to get some questions. This here. was us like gushing about the film. And well, like, it was, it was discourse. We had a good, we had a good discussion. It was yeah. discourse. Absolutely. Now that we have a good discussion, let's get to the boring part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Boring part. Boring part. Um, okay, so we talked about cinematography. Jared, who was your favorite character of the two? Because they both did an amazing job at acting. But who was your favorite character of the bromance? Oh. Are you team Carl or are you team Albert? Absolutely team Albert. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's... He's the main character. Certainly more compelling. Yeah, he is the main character. And Carl is... Both actors are amazing. In yes. This. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Carl's a little more douchier, but that's just because he's a ladies' man. And at first I was kind of like, oh, Carl, what's your deal? But he has every right to be the way he is because he's a young guy he's telling everybody this is exactly what i'm doing like listen i'm just sleeping with women and hanging out with them because i love doing this and i'm a young guy and i'm figuring out what i want to do with my life and he's telling them that like the, one of the characters in the movie she's like i'm in love with you let's settle down together he's like listen i'm so young like i'm just not in that headspace right now i can't give what you want right now if you want to do that, you need to find someone else because I'm not there yet. What I really like about his character, like, you know, it does seem really douchey at first, like you said, but it is, he has every right to be that way. So yeah, whenever he was acting like a douchebag, I couldn't be mad at him. And that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, and it's it's he's not hiding it, I guess, is the yeah. thing. He's, well, no, he's he, not he, lying he, to anyone he about says who he that, is. He even, the, um, Albert even brings that up. He's like, well, why don't you sugarcoat things? He's like, you know, I don't do that. Like, I'm very real. I don't say, mm -hmm. like, I say things how it is. So I, I like how the characters were written for sure. Yep. And Albert is just such a cool, he's so fucking cool in this movie. <laughs> I want to be his he's, friend. Like when, when they're out handing out, uh, the flyers for the club, like the way he's dressed and his sunglasses and everything. I'm like, yeah, I do want to be his friend. I'm like, please be my friend. Um, but yeah, uh, both of them were amazing. So Carl was played by a Jenik Schumann. I hope I'm saying that right. I would say Yannick. Yannick. And then Nymandi Adrian. Nymandi Adrian uh, is, is. Nymandi Adrian. Niamandi, oh my god, you're saying them so much better than me. Wow, I am, oh. I just say it with more confidence. You're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard and Dine. <laughs> ah, yes, two great podcast hosts. Fucking idiots. Anyways, yeah, he plays Albert. They're both fantastic. Just all around big contender for for movie awards for the year. We're really starting strong this like opening year of like yeah. all these films, man. Oh my god, there's so many good ones. Oof, wonderful. I, okay, I, I got a question for you, Dan. Yes. Did you think every aspect of this film worked? Which I mean, like the friendship, the drugs, 
the the tragedy in this film? Do you think it all was cohesively webbed together? Were there any times where you kind of got lost in the film? You're like, what? Huh? You know, I don't know. Anything like that. No. It was it was very cohesive. Even the dream sequences where you you should be like, what the hell is going on? It's like you very so good. clearly know that this must be some kind of you know hallucination that this guy's part like t- partaking in. Yeah, um, drug yeah. fueled. Yeah, but the pacing. Oh my god, it's so good because it, it 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 goes quickly, but it does so in a way that um, services the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I guess going back to the point of pacing, pacing is really it, it can make or break a film, and this does a great job of combining um, narrative ellipsis with the editing aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of time progresses through this film, and it doesn't feel like it. I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, this this movie flew by for me. I was like, oh, the movie's over. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about, like, the the elements of the narrative. Like, they grow old. Like, they're there for at least a year. Okay, so we're going to get to spoilers now. Yes, Jared, and I'm going to spoil it with my last question. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, is there a, a place where people can watch your color? I'm going to look it up right now. Your color streaming. No, Come on, bitch. Color. So your color is on Tubi. You can also rent it on uh, Google Play for like three bucks or YouTube for three bucks. That's pretty sick. But yeah, go check it out on Tubi. Tubi's freaking great. Their ads aren't as bad as they were. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely a movie I'd recommend. Go check it out. Anyways, Dan, now we're going to talk about the real, the real, I think, point to the film and the thing that when you see this film, you're like, yes, this is the thing that people will be talking about. And that is the old lady kissing scene. <laughs> I was gonna s- okay, so my question to you, Jared, is what is your favorite scene in the film? And mine is tied between that scene uh, and, yeah. and the friendship outing, the blow up. Oh, man, yeah, when they're partying? Yeah, no, 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 the fucking... blow up whenever Carl kicks... Uh, Albert out. Oh yeah, when his mom calls and he breaks the uh, the door, the glass in the door. Yeah, that was an amazing scene. So yeah, of course. Let's that scene let's talk really about good. both of those scenes. All right, so there's a scene where, um, well, first of all, you have Julian, or is it Julian or Julio? Julio. Julio. Um, Julio is their contact for partying at, in Barcelona, where he he supplies them with the drugs. He's kind of a douche to be around. Um, they don't necessarily like him that much, but hey, he gives the drugs. So he knows this woman named Crystal. And Crystal is a, um, she goes to Julio for her drugs, but she's kind of a, a bourgeois of Barcelona. And mm-hmm. she, she has connections within the city. And Carl is trying to use her as a stepping stone to get to know people. And the way she wants to get to know Carl and Carl invites Albert is through a weird sex scene. And it was, I don't know. I I don't know why I liked it so much, but I did. (laughs) I feel like there should have been more with this crystal character. I I, I know there should have. And whatever was going on, like it, it's just like a thing that happened. 
I don't know. It was interesting to me. I'm like, what is going on here? I think part of the reason why I liked it is because both of them were extremely uncomfortable with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Like, you should have known better than to not expect this. Like, this is exactly what she wants out of you. Uh Uh-huh. It's like two young boys. Yeah, exactly. Just lay in this bed with me. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah, it was wonderfully uncomfortable, and yes. I, I and enjoyed the implications, it immensely. The implications are just fantastic, especially because it's paired with other relationships that he has. Like, Carl, I think uh, it, I think it's Christina is the one that he meets, and he yeah. brings her home, and then he's like, she's like, I have to go to work, and he's like, well, give me a BJ before you leave, and then she's mm-hmm. like, no, and then he's like, come on, just, come on, please, and he's being a complete asshole, and she finally leaves, and he's like, you just call me, please, and he's like, fine, okay, but then you have that type of energy coming from Carl, but then you also have that energy of, I feel really uncomfortable, because I feel like I'm about to get raped by an old lady, so it, it just, it, it provided me with more of a I don't know, dynamic idea in terms of what their relationship to sex is. The the whole, like, their friendship is the core of this movie, and it works so well. And seeing them slowly drift apart over basically money, like everything kind of boiled down to money, where Albert is like, I just want to live my life, and I want to live free, and I want to do whatever I want. And Albert's like, or Carl's like, you can't do that. <laughs> like you like we have to get a job so we can, you know, do the things we want to do. And and he's like, no, man, I don't want to do that. And then he's like freeloading off of Carl. Like he used up all of Carl's savings. Yeah. Because Albert refuses to get a job. Like first he tries, then he he's like, oh, it's too hard. He gives up. And then he just starts blowing interviews on purpose because he doesn't want to get a job. So like they're both equally shitty and awful in their own ways, honestly, because one is more responsible in certain ways. But then with women, he's kind of all over the place and kind of a douche. I I know I I liked it where it's like different aspects of their lives. They are doing good and then bad. Yeah, (laughs) because like Albert's really fun to be around. He's just not a very dependable person. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. The juxtaposition, if you will. And and you don't really get that in the first act of the movie. Like, Albert is kind of withdrawn because he feels constrained by this little podunk town and constrained by his mother. Mm-hmm. And he's very, he's, he's very timid in front of the camera. So whenever you see him get to Barcelona, he just transforms into this butterfly. And you're like, whoa. Mm. Like, yeah, I was not expecting that out of you. And then he's a beautiful psychedelic butterfly. Oh, yes. let's talk about his mom real quick. So okay. his is his mom was his mom supposed to be like bipolar or what was her deal? Because she would act so sweet and nice. And then uh, that one scene that we parodied in the beginning of this episode where she finds his weed and she just loses her mind. She's like shaking his head and like smacking him and. She just goes Looney Tunes. I don't think she's bipolar because she, she is, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she is. She says the meanest stuff to him. It's one thing to get mad at your son for finding something like that, but she's like, you're a failure just like your dad and you're going to be just like him and you're a nobody. Yeah. And it's like, who would, man, that's like really intense stuff to say to your kid. 
she just like went over the line several times. And I'm like, I get you're mad, but like, that's, intense. I don't want to, I'm not saying it didn't work in the film. I'm just like, Oh my God. No, it did. I don't want to speak ill of different cultures, but I think it might be a cultural boundary. Honestly, maybe I don't know. Yeah. And like, sometimes I wish I could tell my high school students that like, cause it's fucking true. <laughs> sometimes I wish I could just tell you to just, I know, right. You're a loser, Dan. Get Shut off of my podcast. Up. Shut the fuck up, you fucking beard-faced idiot with your nose and your eyes and your fucking mouth. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the thing I wanted to talk about. I'm just going to name different... And your two arms and your ten fingers. Oh, you piece of shit. I forgot that it's not a meeting. I'm just nodding as he says all this. Dan was this. nodding the entire time I was saying that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. That's pretty good. Tell That's right. More. That's right. That's right. One other thing I want to talk about, okay, here's a negative, probably one of the only negatives I can think of, is I wish that the Julio drug danger story could have been a little more prevalent leading up to what happens to Julio, because Julio is killed. And what a great after scene with Albert freaking out, and he's snorting all the drugs, oh he's got the God. gun, and he's so scared, <laughs> he's like, oh no, they're gonna come for cocaine. me. Yeah, he's just out of his mind. And he calls Carl, and he's just, like, delusional. He's, like, remembering the the good old days. He's like, I just want to say that you're doing the right thing, and I'm proud of you. By the way, I'm about to get shot by a drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yes, they did have the dream sequences that kind of foreshadowed. But it would have been nice to have, like, the danger element introduced with Julio a little more. Mm. Um, and, and by that, well, I, I mean, mean, like, have... Other characters around him who are way more dangerous than Julio. The same nitpick. I mean, we could connect that directly to saying we wanted to see more um, involvement with Crystal and why she's important yeah. to their life and how, how she could have provided for them. And if we combine Crystal and Julio in a couple of scenes. Cristulio. Cristulio, yes. If we could have Cristulio scenes, that might have fixed the problem. <laughs> I mean, not that it is a problem, but just it would have kind of cemented their purpose a little bit more and it would have given uh, you a little bit of it, it it would have been less interpretive and given you a little bit more story to hold on to that you didn't have to necessarily jump to the conclusions see how much the the bourgeois of barcelona depends on drugs because she could have been involved in the criminal underworld too exactly yeah, that's yeah. what i'm saying like she had connections we didn't know what those connections were that's right um we just but yeah know that you wanted to connect to her she wants to connect Carl's mouth to her vagina. <laughs> connect four. Well, she only had two at the time, but. Oh, you <laughs> suck my battleship. That's code Mattel. for. Yeah. Let's just do a bunch of Mattel references. Her orgasm. What's the game where you have to. Oh, get, is it Guess Who? And you're like, does he have sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> How how can we make that a sex reference? Um, I don't know, but if you take perfection, does he got a big old dick? <laughs> perfection, put the pieces into the slot, make the right connection. Oh yeah, BB. But be quick, you're racing the clock. Pop goes perfection, Mister Bucket. Put your dick in my mouth. <laughs> Elephant, the and elephant, watch them go. Okay, uh, we need some. Mental illness. 
<laughs> that's what I have. Mental illness. You, okay. You and I are hey. both a plague. We've been plagued by 90s television advertisements. That's right. That's right. Uh, Dan, we're grown men. I just want to remind that. <laughs> we are grown men. Anywho, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for submitting this film. It was super good. Please go check it out. Uh, Dan, you do those plugs. Yes, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page for people to support us, but mostly for filmmakers, because you can submit your films to Gmail, and it will be put on a list. And that list is super long, and it's about six-month turnaround for films. Yeah. And if you donate, if you're a filmmaker, you put our, your film on the list, donate to us $5, a one-time donation. We will put your film on a smaller list, and it will get reviewed much sooner than six months. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we keep chopping through these goddamn movies, and uh, we don't. I don't even advertise anymore, and people just send us films. Yeah. I know that's, it kind of sounds like bragging. It is. It, yeah, I guess it is. Fuck you. I'm proud of what we're doing. <laughs> I'm proud of what we're doing too, but you listeners need to tell people about the show. You, like if you're yes. listening, just just tell one person that actually likes films. Like yeah, the, so the if you tell two life. people yes. and then they tell two people, then you guys won't make any money and we won't make any money, but more people will listen to the podcast. Exactly. And that's really what <laughs> So we it's want. an anti-pyramid scheme of just lis- it's a listening scheme. That's what it yes. is. Synergy. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, again, thank you all for listening so much. Please tell people. That really does help. Um, Necropodicon, you've heard me say it before. Go to the Necropodicon.com. You'll figure it out. God damn it. Uh, love ya. Dan, you have the final word. If you tell one person about this podcast, then you have told... One person. <laughs> all the people. You, no, I mean, you have told all the people that that person has ever told about podcasts before something about sex. (laughs) I was trying to make it. Okay. Let me just take that. Trying is the key word, Dan trying. (laughs) Oh, I got it. Okay. Ready your color, huh? Why not? My atonal monochromatic thing. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) 